Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome. Welcome. To Warriors Wrap Up. And Curry takes another three. It's up and good! He's got 62! On 95.7, the game. Pass to Wiseman off the pick and he finds it for a dunk. Jam! Oh, by Oubre! He caught it right at the restricted area. Slam it home with a left hand. Here's John Dickinson and Ryan Covey. Curry running the floor. Young trailing him. Baysmore gets it to Looney. Now to Draymond Green. Draymond waits for Curry. Off a pin down. Catches. Crowded by Young. Backs up to the logo. Screen by Draymond. Splits traffic. Gets to the paint. Floater up and good and a foul. Curry. Yeah, Curry was back. For the Warriors tonight, the effort level was better. The competitive spirit was there, but the result, unfortunately, for the Warriors was the same. The Hawks wind up getting the better of the dubs. 117 to 111, 888-957-9570. It's JD and Ryan Covey and Covey. The Warriors have lost seven of eight. Uh, too many fouls and too many turnovers. Uh, and the turnover started with number 30, unfortunately, for the Warriors in this one. Yeah, the fouls are what really got to me. I mean, 16 turnovers, there were a lot of them of the inopportune nature, um, which which got and to you. eight by Curry. Yeah, eight by Curry, never a good thing. You know, you're happy to see him back, 37 points. I think maybe there was a feeling from Steph watching the way this team played against Toronto, like, Damn, I got to do all this myself, man. And, and you know, when, when the Warriors, uh, you know, any any outfit goes that route, uh, it's going to be trouble. And, you know, the, it's the fouling. I mean, it's it's careless. It's untimely. It's it's uh, uh, just poor execution. You could just tell. I watched Steve Kerr's postgame press conference, and you could just tell he was he was miffed. And it's kind of a recurring theme. And you could file this one kind of like that Miami game, J.D., the first game on this trip. Probably could have had action had you just done a few things a little better and not tricked off so many possessions, uh, but they just weren't able to do it. Yeah, the Hawks were beatable tonight. There's no doubt about it. The other story of this game, the Hawks bench and the Warriors bench. In turn, the Hawks outscored the Warriors off the bench in this one, 55-19. to uh, Massive games from Danilo Gallinari, who finished with 25, and Lou Williams, who uh, was 5 of 15, but uh, he got to the free throw line a little bit. Gallinari just 
just set up shop at the free throw line. 13 of 15, uh, 40 of the 59 from those two. And every Warriors player coming off the bench tonight, uh, a negative in the plus-minus department. Warriors had a lead at the beginning of the fourth quarter, and that thing got flipped uh, from the Warriors up three to being down five by the time Stephen Curry re-entered the game, and uh, it, a lot of that was free throws. Uh, that definitely is the biggest problem for the Warriors on this night, but uh, it also was the bench, uh, and, and the Hawks have uh, some legit depth, uh, and I think that's in part why they've been able to, with dealing with some injuries of their own, still be over 500 in the Eastern Conference, and uh, Gallinari and, and Lou Williams are just uh, two guys the Warriors had no answer for tonight. Yeah, and and you mentioned the Warriors bench, and it's really concerning. Uh, you know that's that's been a recurring theme for this basketball team of late. I'm just kind of counting it up: sixteen fouls committed by the bench, uh, and they made a total of eight buckets. So twice as many fouls as made field goals uh, as a group. One for twelve from three point range. Um, you know the the lone make by Damian Lee. So uh, you know frustrating effort. I actually thought that the starters collectively played pretty good, but you alluded to the turnovers from Curry. Um, you know, Wiggins was an efficient 6 of 12, but I don't think, you know, we, we saw enough initiation from him offensively. I know Steve Kerr said he liked the matchups uh, as far as in the fourth quarter for, you know, with Wiseman staying on the bench and rolling with Looney and even Draymond at the five. It felt to me, J.D., like Steve Kerr was, was trying to get this one tonight, knowing that this basketball team really needed a win uh, and, you know, maybe – chased it whatever you want to call it but I actually thought you know it's funny I've, I've been I've been having a hard time getting in lockstep with Steve Kerr on what's a good night to use Wiseman because I felt like based on his two shifts he actually maybe merited some more playing time in the fourth quarter when they really needed to get some buckets uh, but that didn't happen well and that that is the, the curious question tonight pertaining to Wiseman I thought he played as well as he's played in a while tonight but yeah just the two stints at the beginning of the first and and second halves first and third quarters and he was not in that finishing lineup I do think they were trying to attack uh the the Hawks w with the smaller lineup I, I think that was part of it I also wonder if part of it was hey kid you played well I want to leave that taste in your mouth <laughs> like because confidence has been such a, an issue uh, at times for him. It, it's almost, hey, you played well. Take that for what it is. I'm not going to put you in a position where maybe something happens down the stretch of this game and it winds up you know, being the focal point of your night on a night where maybe you otherwise uh, played well. But, yeah, it's, it's a story of the Warriors starters collectively – did enough in this game. Their bench did not. They they continued to foul, which, you know, fouling is part of bad defense. And yep. I know the Warriors have been lauded, and, and rightfully so, uh, for for being a, a good defensive team for the most part when they've been whole this year. But if you're giving up free throws at the rate that the Warriors did tonight, 45 free throw attempts, uh, and the Hawks knocked down 35 of those, they had a plus 20 advantage on the scoreboard at the free throw line in this game tonight. And, you know, you can talk about field goal percentage defense and all of that and, and making sure you got to get rebounds. But when you're sending teams to the line at the rate that the Warriors did tonight and have in certain games this season, 
you have to call it what it is, and, and that is you know, fouling is bad defense, regardless of what maybe some of the other numbers say. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. It's funny, I have that in my notes. I'm like, you know, because collectively during the flow of play when they weren't committing egregious fouls, I actually thought some guys had some really nice defensive efforts tonight. Kelly Oubre was playing with a lot of confidence tonight. <clears throat> Excuse me, James Wiseman seemed like, you know, he was in position defensively where he looks a little lost out there I didn't see that from him tonight and so I actually thought when they weren't fouling it was a nice defensive effort but you can't it, you can't call anything a good defensive effort or even an okay defensive effort when you commit as many bad fouls as they did so uh, this has been a, a problem that the Warriors have had to cope with a lot throughout the season and I you know I, I don't know how, how you fix that JD I mean I guess you know it, it'll keep your feet moving right and, and you know play defense more with your legs and with your hands I mean it's a lot of re reaching in a lot of clumsy defense and you know even like guys maybe trying to make a play trying to get in front of somebody and John a charge but knowing full well like that's not even in the offing like you, you don't it's not there and if the play's not there don't try to force it like there's nothing wrong with just putting up your arms and contesting a shot as opposed to getting in on a shooter I mean how many times have we seen the worst foul three-point shooters this year it's just it's it's maddening you know when you start to you know put put together all the evidence because I actually think that they've got guys that that are willing defenders, but it's just whatever their lapses in concentration, a lack of confidence, but they just they lose their focus, man, and it's at the most inopportune times, and quite frankly, it costs this team wins. I, I think that they're the type of team that doesn't have a lot of great individual defenders. They have a couple, but they but they they're also asking, I think, some of their players that are on the margins to really dig deep, right? They're not great defenders, but dig deep, play hard, grind. You know, follow the lead of a Draymond, follow the lead of a, a, an Oubre or a Wiggins from time to time. Really try to you know, get into the opposition. And I think defensive players that are maybe not bad defensive players, but maybe not great defensive players either, once they get in the habit of trying to grind, there's just going to be nights where they either can't keep up or the timing is off. Or maybe it's a little bit of a tighter whistle, a combination of the three, and and on those nights, it it's just it's just going to come out, unfortunately, a lot like it did uh, in this ball game tonight. Eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. That's the phone number to participate in the program. Where do the Warriors go from here? Now they are a new season low, four games under five hundred. They're twenty three and twenty seven. They are, they've lost 7 of 8 and, again, 4 and 12 over the last 16 since they were 19 and 15, which was the high water mark. So the high water mark now plus 4 to 500. The low water mark now minus 4 to 500. And it's not getting any easier for the Warriors on Tuesday night. The Milwaukee Bucks inside Chase Center. And that's the best team that the Warriors will have faced in a while, <laughs> really going all the way back to when they took on Philadelphia uh, without Stephen Curry, uh, the last home game, uh, or well, uh, the first home game of that last uh, a couple of weeks ago, actually, uh, after they came off that road trip in Memphis. Uh, so it's not going to get any easier. The still a game up on the Kings, but the Pelicans actually won and passed the Kings. So the Warriors now just a half game ahead of the Pelicans, one full game ahead of the Kings, who slipped to twelfth. Still in that playing spot, but uh, the, the record is getting uglier. 
Yeah, it's damn ugly. And, you know, I guess maybe we might have to abandon the idea of, you know, having your cake and eat it too, which is the Warriors being in the playing tournament and being on the right side of 500. It might just be we could be getting near salvage op uh, levels, J.D., where it's, man, I just whatever it is, just get into the playing tournament and give yourself a chance. But even if that's the case, J.D., unless they actually navigate through that playing tournament uh, or, you know, they're one and done or maybe they win one but then lose the, uh, you know, that, that next game. I, I still think it's going to be a real negative feel. Like if this team, you know, ends up four games under 500 after 72 games and, you know, and plays in the playing tournament just because SAC and, and New Orleans didn't do enough to catch them. Um, and then they're like one and done. I still think collectively this season would be a really big disappointment for the Golden State Warriors. So uh, it's certainly trending in the wrong direction right now. Hopefully Steph's health starts to come around and these guys just maybe start to come out of this funk. And, you know, I, I know that we're not looking for moral victories certainly not for this franchise considering you know what what they spent the better part of a, a half of a decade doing um we're, we're not looking for moral victories here they're they're not you know a, a team uh, you know building they're a team that's supposed to be you know coming into next year uh, ready to compete but however you feel about it um I, I guess tonight you could construe some of this stuff as as a step in the right direction i mean it'd be hard to take a step in the wrong direction after toronto the other night i i was I don't want to say proud. I mean, that's the wrong word, but I was, I, I thought the effort was solid tonight for a road game in the NBA. And, and let me put you like this. Had it not proceeded, had been preceded by all these putrid efforts lately, I actually would have been okay with it as a 48 minute stint on the road in the NBA. But when you juxtapose it against everything else that's been going on with this team lately, it's just, it's another bad outing and it's another missed opportunity. And it's just another time you're taking an L. So um, still, still frustrating, but I guess if you're trying to skew positive, certainly they played better than they did in Toronto or against Toronto the other night. But again, low bar to clear. Yeah, it was a, it was a better effort, flat out. I mean, it was it was a Steph Curry is playing tonight effort. I mean, that that was very much akin to the the twenty two and twenty team that they've been with Steph and Curry uh, on this season. Competitive in the game, fouled too much, didn't have enough. Bench got throttled. He played great, except for the eight turnovers, which obviously is a major blemish on on a night where he even scores thirty seven. Uh, Three-point shot wasn't really falling for Steph in this one either, three for 12. But uh, all in all, no, the, the, the effort was there after the embarrassment uh, on, on Friday in Tampa against the, the Toronto Raptors. And I also think on the Steph health front, I mean, I had him, uh, my unofficial count, I think one time he took a spill tonight. So it wasn't the, the three and four and five times of the, the past couple of games that he's played since coming back uh, from this injury. So I think that... Uh, is a positive sign as well uh, as he progresses through. You hope he gets to feeling better with each off day and doesn't fall on it as frequently as he had in those first couple of games back, and that can lead him towards stringing a bunch of games together where he's not going to have to take uh, nights off sporadically between now and the end of the season because the truth is, and we'll get into this coming up, uh, the Warriors' schedule still in front of them uh, has a lot of winnable games uh, if the Warriors want to attempt to go hard to get them. I mean, that's a question that, that remains to, to be seen. But the schedule there is right there in front of them, and they still do hold that spot. So getting to 500, getting that last spot is still uh, very much on the table. All right, 888-957-9570. We'll pause here. We'll come back. We'll hear from Steve Kerr. We're actually going to play the full Steve Kerr press conference tonight because it was relatively short. So that's coming up next, who's hot, who's not as well. Uh, and I've got some thoughts on – 
from tonight's game about building the Warriors roster for next year we'll get to. Uh, it's Warriors wrap-up. J.D. and Covey will be with you until about 8.30, maybe a little bit after 8.30, right here, 95.7 the game. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast t-mobile has invested billions to light up america's largest 5g network from big cities to small towns including right here in yours and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Crossover on Gallinari, leans in, draws the foul, banked at home, off the window, straight on. He's going to go to the line, a chance for a three-point play. Now, back to Warriors Wrap-Up with John Dickinson and Ryan Covey on 95.7 The Game. Hawks beat the Warriors, 117-111. Warriors now 23-27. Warriors Wrap-Up rolling along here on an Easter Sunday evening. 888-957-9570. We'll hear from Steve Kerr coming up momentarily, but first, let's get to Richard in Belmont. Richard, you're up first here uh, uh, this segment on Warriors Wrap-Up. What's up, Richard? Not much. Uh, I guess I got about three or four points. First, the Warriors' attempt at defense is uh, following people and hoping they don't make free throws. I mean, that's the extent of their defense. Uh Cole, Lee, Basemore look like they need to go back to the G League. Collectively, they had eight, ten points between them. Cole has been pitiful the last three games. Uh, they look like people haven't played together. That was the comments made by the announcer. 
you know, you think these people just got all, they were all brought in the trades a few days ago. They look like they haven't played together, and they don't know how to win together. Uh, I just see as a team that they reach for too much, and they, the bunny hop and all these little shots that they shouldn't make, they don't. And you think that this team has never played together before. It's just ridiculous. Thanks, Thanks and, Richard. And, Appreciate the call. Good. Uh, couple things to chew on there. Jordan Poole has not played well, and his defense has been really bad. Uh, and, you know, it, it's one of those deals where, like, this is what player development looks like. He came up. He was clearly ready. It's almost like a, in baseball you get a hitter that goes down to the minors and he gets hot and he comes up to the majors and he stays hot when he gets up to the majors, but then he goes through a little bit of a slump and maybe other areas of his game start to get exposed. And what keeps you from getting sent back down is you got to adjust and you got to adjust on the fly. And I, I will say for, for Jordan Poole, and, and this goes to the second point Richard brought up about this team looking like they haven't played together. All of the stops and starts and the ins and the outs and, the, and Steph's playing this night and I'm the starter this night. And now I'm the sixth man this night and Draymond's in this night and then he's not this night and like. Wiseman's in, he's out. Like all of that does add up and and make it difficult for a team, even if it is a team that has had a lot of the same players mostly the entire year. And I'll, and another part of it too, Covey, is yeah. you know the way Steve Kerr has handled the rotation. There's been a lot of different combinations at different times that have all played together. This group tonight, though, lately at least, has played a lot when Steph has been healthy. Yeah, and I think the rotations have left a lot to be desired. But look, Steve Kerr has to mix it up too, right? I mean, it's you know, it's a, a chicken egg scenario. Well, like, what what came first, Steve Kerr having to you know get a little outside of the the box with the rotation, or the fact that the Warriors were playing terrible? I mean, it was Steve Kerr had to react to that. Plus, you know, when when you've got your your most important players miss some time, you got to mix and match. Um, they don't really have a, a true backup point guard. That was supposed to be Brad Wanamaker. That didn't work out Brad Wanamaker ain't even here anymore so um he's had to adapt there uh you know he's had stretches of the season where he hasn't had a center like literally for a couple you know several games at a time so um you know it's it's all part of the deal it's all part of coaching but you know Steve Kerr's had to cope with that and oh yeah his hall of fame two guard he's lost at the beginning of the season for a second consecutive year no excuse I mean you're still going to be judged on the results but it does make things a little more difficult and I, I agree I mean as it applies to Jordan Poole and you know me JD I, I mean I, I'm I, I'm high on Jordan Pool, but this is all part of the deal with a young basketball player. And I even said at the time when Pool was riding high, if he starts missing these threes, it's going to look a lot different, right? And and I didn't think Jordan Poole had suddenly become like clicked up three notches of three point shooter. He just looked like he was in a pretty good rhythm and feeling pretty good. But you know the old adage, water tends to find its level, right? And you know Poole's going through a spell right now where he's having a hard time hitting the three. Where he needs to adjust is put the ball on the floor and look to initiate a little more. Um, and and the other part is, and you nailed it. Do you want to stay in this rotation? Okay, you're not hitting shots. That's fine. You got you got to play some defense. And I mean tonight. He had a closeout on a shooter, you know, where, where they rotated. And, I mean, Poole got blown by for a it dunk. It was Herder. And you're like, yeah. and Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, yeah, we're not, we're not talking about Allen Iverson, you know. I'm like, oh, that's not good. So, you know, Poole's looked really shaky in that respect. We knew he's not a finished product defensively. Um, but these are part of, you know, riding out the waves of a guy still figuring it out at the NBA level. 
Yeah, and and zero for five in the ball game from three, three for ten. The the, the concern with Pool, and I I don't just just as I wasn't ready to say he arrived when he was playing well a couple of weeks ago. I'm not saying he can't play in the league or anything like that now, but the key for a guy like Jordan Poole is if you're not making shots, can you be playable? And the concern for me right now is if he's not making shots, he looks unplayable. Now, on this team, he's going to play anyway because he has to and they want to develop him. But I'm talking about next year, like like how he's played to this point collectively, the good and the bad. That's not a rotation player on a team that has legitimate aspirations for next year. It's just not. Uh, And so I think like that's the part if we're speaking just in terms of evaluation of him and not necessarily about wins and losses. That's the part over these last 22 games now where he has to find some semblance more of consistency than we've seen. Eric and Milbray is up next here. Eric, you're on 95.7 The Game. It's Warriors wrap-up with J.D. and Ryan Covey. Hey, Eric. Sure, fellas. Yeah, man, what a debacle. Before this uh, trip, we, we thought 2-1. and one. I thought that Miami game in Toronto were winnable. And so that what a debacle that turned out to be. And now they're 0-3. And Warriors are reeling and playing their worst basketball at the worst possible time right now. And at this point, it looks like they're going to be lucky to make that playoff game up. Uh, the only saving grace I see for this Warrior team, and luckily, lucky for them, is they got the worst schedule coming up after Milwaukee, which I'm going to count out as a loss. And hopefully, they prove us wrong, like they tend to rise up at home and beat teams like Utah at home. So maybe they can upset it. But I'm going to count that as a loss. But going forward after that, I look at their schedule, and I think there's a lot of good teams. And one thing the Warriors have been consistent at all season beating bad teams. So I think as a Warrior fan right now who's dejected, the only great saving grace is that we got the easiest schedule going forward. And I think they can still snag that AC because otherwise it would be a debacle if they don't even make the play, playing tournament. Because you look at the, they're going to be battling Sacramento and and uh, uh, a red, a hot uh, New Orleans team playing their sort of rising up, playing great ball all of a sudden too. Uh, am I out of my mind in being a, a pessimistic Warrior fan, or do you guys agree with me? Because uh, this is really just dejecting seeing uh, how they finish this trip. Up. Yep, thanks, Eric. Look, if the Warrior, if Curry plays the majority of games between now and the end of the year and they don't make the play-in tournament, that's a disastrous season. That is an awful <laughs> season. There's no other way around it. Awful. If yeah. the Pelicans or the Kings beat them out for a spot, that is – it's a borderline embarrassment, frankly. Well, it is, and and that's the type of thing that will have Bob Myers and and Joe, you know, Joe Lacob probably will send this edict from the top. But really, I know he empowers Bob Myers to make these decisions, and Steve Kerr, and uh, you know, it, it'll basically be okay. We need to make some some wholesale changes because there's still guys locked in on big time numbers. You know, Wiggins, Draymond, uh, you know, certainly Steph Curry's contract is in flux. Clay Thompson. And there's a lot of guys that uh, are going to be making a lot of cheese next year, and they're going to feel the pressure to shuffle this deck to keep this thing going or at least get this thing I should keep it going keep get back on track I should say so um, I, I think if if they miss the playing tournament and it just it all goes wrong because what what are we possibly going to learn about James Wiseman if this team loses a bunch of games down the stretch probably coincides with well James Wiseman didn't really play very well either right so it's not like we're gonna say well but at least we know about Wiseman we won't know I mean there's there's no way around it and you know if Curry misses time we really won't know because it's really going to be about how does it look with Wiseman out there with Curry Clay Draymond Wiggins right so we won't have that answer either um, but if, if this team misses the playing tournament 100% it'll be an embarrassment there needs to be some accountability there and I think that's when you might see them making like some uncomfortable wholesale changes i.e. Draymond Green Andrew Wiggins guys like that not being around anymore 
Let's get to Jules and Hercules. Jules, you're up next here on Warriors Wrap Up. What's up, Jules? Hey, what up, JD? What up, Kobe? Happy Easter. Um, so I just wanted to say really quickly, um, and I'll try to make it as quick as possible. Like on the wings, on the shooting guard and um, wing position, which is Ubre and Wiggins, we have good defense, right? But sometimes Draymond isn't always the best defensively. And then on the center, it's a little question mark because, yeah, Kevon Looney's great but then he can't consistently play those minutes, and Wiseman is still learning that, right? So we've been talking about the offense and what we can improve on that. What do you think we could do on the offseason to improve ourselves defensively on that position? Thank you, guys. Have a happy Easter. Thank you for doing all you do, and I appreciate you guys on the radio. Take care, you guys. Yeah, thanks for the call. The, the biggest thing for me that sticks out, and I'm, I'm going to take a little bit of a broader approach, and I, I won't be too long-winded on it, I promise. I know, famous last words. Right? No, I'm Go here ahead. for all of it, J.D. Go uh, ahead, baby. It, <laughs> well, tonight, one of the things I jotted down from tonight's game specifically in, in looking at, at Atlanta and the 55-19 to 19 that they put on the Warriors, it's three guys for me tonight and because I think the Hawks hit exactly the point that I try to make semi-regularly about the Warriors roster as you look at it getting built for next year. Danilo Gallinari, Tony Snell, and Lou Williams come off their bench. Those are all three players that maybe are not as good as the Warriors starters, but they're clearly better than every Warrior bench player. And and so, like, when you start looking at next year and how do you make this team better, and, and look, it's not – I'm not saying it's easy to do, but the Warriors would die to have a Danilo Gallinari coming off their bench – they would love to have a Tony Snell, who's leading the league in three-point percentage, coming off their bench. You know, they, they would love to have – now Lou's getting a little long in the tooth, and, and maybe he's on the downside. Maybe not Lou Williams exactly, but somebody that could come in and, and just fill it up, and you can put the ball in his hands on nights where maybe Steph Curry needs a night off because, or, or can't play because he's not going to be able to play every single game, every single year anymore. The last few years have obviously proven that. So it's just it was just something that kind of hit home. It was, and I know they don't have uh, they didn't have John Collins tonight, but but they can go Trey Bogdanovich, Capella, Collins, you know Herder can be in there, and they've got guys coming off the bench. That's what depth looks like. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right, and that's what Warriors depth doesn't look like. And look, I mean, we don't have to look back too far. When this team was winning championships, Iguodala, Livingston, David West, they had guys coming off the bench that you were like, oh, that's a factor. Even in the earlier, guys like Mo Spates that could come out there, pick and pop, had a, had a role to play, complimentary pieces. Like, you're right. That Really, it's funny, J.D., everybody talks about star power with the Golden State Warriors. Oh, they got to swing a trade for Bradley Beal. They got to do this. You know what, honestly, if Clay comes back next year and is you know anything resembling the clay of old like the top of the food chain for this Golden State Warriors team actually stacks up nicely you've been on this the whole time and it is spot on it's all about six through nine and it's depth in the NBA right who's coming off your bench what cards do you have to play what different looks can you throw at teams and you know they're not going to get that veteran rub anymore of guys that want to come here and jump on the gravy train title chasing they're not going to get ring chasers anymore so they're going to have to be discerning and there's only a few different ways they can do it I mean unfortunately you know Bob Myers hands going to be somewhat tied just because of how much capital they have invested in that starting lineup and that might take a little while to sift out but that's where you know get Maybe hopefully getting Minnesota's pick, uh, you know, your own pick next year. Uh, but certainly 
veteran presence off that bench and guys that can hit threes um, and just be – this is the other thing that you're, you've been on about, J.D., and you're right, is having guys that can be true backups, like insurance plans for guys, right? And, and you know, somebody that can come in and, and play that role for a Draymond Green or an Andrew Wiggins uh, for a night, having some interchangeable parts. So I think that's going to be the key. As much as we're going to hone in on, oh, man, they got to go – they got to go swing big, you know, and go bring in another star. I, I think it's more, nah, man, you need to figure out how you're going to bring in that, that second tier. Fill out that bench with guys not named like Damian Lee and Ken Bazemore. With all due respect to those guys, that ain't championship or even high playoff caliber uh, depth. Yeah, you, you need to go get guys that are better than Lee and Bazemore and Poole. And, you know, may, maybe they don't have to necessarily be Wiggins or Clay or whatever. I mean, I was watching you know another one game last night. I was watching Milwaukee, uh, who the Warriors are going to see on Tuesday. They were playing Sacramento. And I was watching that, that game last night. And, you know, their bench, and they, they didn't play Giannis, right? So they've got, you know, a guy like Pat Connaughton who can be a backup stretch four. Not a great player, but you think the Warriors, Warriors would love to have a guy like Pat Connaughton. Warriors would love to have a guy like Brooke Lopez. Warriors would love to have a guy like Dante DiVincenzo. Yeah. Uh, the Warriors would love to have Bryn Forbes coming off their bench or Bobby Portis, uh, who had 18 points on 8 of 10. Like, the, the good teams in the league have eight guys that are all capable of stepping in. Like, a big part of the problem for the Warriors this year has been, well, so-and-so isn't playing. Who's going to step in? And the gap is too far. When, yeah. when you go from starter to a guy that now has to step in and take on a greater role, that's where the talent gap gets exposed. That's where a team like Toronto kicks your tail on Friday because their players, the Ananobis and the Van Vliet's and, and some of those guys that they still had playing are far better players than this second tier that the Warriors have right now. Well, so so let me ask you then, J.D., because, you know, contractually the Warriors are in a tough spot just based on where they're at salary cap-wise. They can't just, you know, go throw a bunch of money at that problem in free agency this next offseason. So do you, do you sacrifice some of that top-end depth and maybe try and, you know, uh, it would probably have to be a multiple-team deal because, you know, you, you can only, if you move off a guy, it's not like then you can, uh, you know, if you trade Andrew Wiggins, you can't just flip his salary for a bunch of different guys in a bunch of different trades. Um, I mean, you certainly have to get creative there. Um, but, I mean, are, are you willing then at that point, if you're Bob Myers, to trade one of your, your front end pieces, one of your starters, in order to give you a little bit more depth and kind of spread out that talent? I, I probably wouldn't be because if you start giving up that, then, then you, you know, you're, you're springing a leak somewhere else to plug another <laughs> hole. And I, and I just – so to me, what you want to do is keep what you have. And, and look, this is where I, I think – you got to get creative when it comes to Kelly Oubre. And, and you know, as time goes on here, it seemingly by the day, and I thought Kelly Oubre was fine tonight, but he seemingly was by be. the day, it, it's becoming wherever he decides to sign, you got to try to figure out a way to do a deal where you can get a player or two that can come back here and, and at least one of those guys has to be somebody that that can be in your rotation and is, is again, maybe not Kelly Oubre level, but clearly better than Damian Lee, Kent Bazemore level of play, Jordan Poole level of play. And I think, you know, the other part that you're going to have to do is you're going to have to see, and this is the part where it gets, I think, a little bit shakier, is you have to see what picks you have. 
or if you, if you keep your own pick and it's in that 15 range, if you get the Minnesota pick at that point, that to me is where you have to make the decision. Do you believe you can get a player in either or both of those spots that can come in and play now? And if you can't, then to me that's – or you don't think you can develop them quickly enough to be a player? Like, you got to get – play if you're going to use those two slots as picks, you have to get players that can come in and play. It can't be, well, it's going to take this guy three years until, until he can be a rotation piece. It can't be that. Right. You're already kind of doing that with Wiseman a little bit, but you can't do that with two more guys. If you're going to do it with both of those guys, assuming you keep you know, the, the, those picks – then you're going to have to maybe think about trading maybe not the Minnesota pick if you get it, but maybe your own pick has to go in some kind of a deal to where you're getting back a quality rotation player. That You know, the 15th pick in the draft should be able to get you a quality rotation player, a good 6th, 7th man. Right, and, and I think it's interesting because that's exactly the difference between the Golden State Warriors drafting so high this past season and, you know, the Cleveland Cavaliers or the Chicago Bulls, like teams trying to find a way to come up. The Timberwolves, of course, they're they're looking for young players to build a core around. The Warriors, you know, they obviously they, they hope that James Wiseman's the real deal, but here's the thing. Like, he's 19 years old, or now he's 20, but, you know, he's 19 when you draft him, played three college games. Like, he's not supposed to be able to just plug into a veteran team and be able to roll. And, I mean, if you start to go that route where, okay, we're going to use Minnesota, you know, let's say you get the Minnesota because they get the number five pick in the draft and the number 11 pick in the draft. Well, what are you going to do? You're going to draft both of those guys and then, quote, develop them? Well, what's the point of re-signing Steph long-term then, right? I mean, you're either you're either trying to win now or you're building towards the future. And and this team isn't in a position right now where they can do both. And, in you know, in theory, you'd love to be able to do that, but I kind of feel like they have to commit to one plan or the other. And that's where, you know, maybe even, I know people might lose their mind if I say this, but maybe that's where the even trading James Weissman for established NBA talent might be the best thing for this franchise if you're trying to extend the you know the playoff dare I say championship potential for the back end of Steph Clay and Draymond so you either need to go all in on that plan or you need to abandon that plan and try to skew young and build that way I don't think this franchise can really do both right now because you get into next season you know Weissman's still trying to figure it out if you're rolling out a couple of more draft picks in the rotation next year they're gonna have their bumps in the road and they're not certainly going to be ready to be, you know, in, in you know, deep playoff conversations as bench players. And then so you got to ask yourself, well, which one are you doing? Well, and, and the, what it comes down to is if, if you take, let's say, the fifth pick and the 11th pick and you still have Steph, Clay, Wiggins, Draymond, Wiseman, if that's your starting five and then you make a fifth pick and you make an 11th pick, well, if, if those two aren't in – if you make the picks and, and those guys are on your team – and they can't contribute or be in your rotation, well, then that means you have to go get players that can be. Well, how are you going to get them at that point? If if you right. if you've got the fifth pick and the eleventh pick, that's you know, and you're still playing Jordan Poole, like then then you've got your mid level and you're signing players out of the Damian Lee Kent Bazemore bin. Right. And you know that's fine for this year because we knew that this team wasn't going to be good enough to win a championship this year and they're proven at this point that they're prob- you know they might they're probably not going to be good enough to to uh, uh you know w- win a playoff series for sure but you know we'll see you know they're right now they're flailing to get into the play-in game for crying out loud. So uh you know this year's plan you need to learn from it. I think you need to learn from the types of be- the type of bench you had this year, what worked, what didn't. You also need to look at your roster and 
hey, Steph Curry isn't going to play 82 games next year. Like, he's just not. So you can't and, – and if he does, it'll be a pleasant surprise at this point. Now, that doesn't mean that uh, – that, that's not an indictment of Steph Curry, but what it means is you have to build your roster and make it good enough to where if you don't have Steph Curry – you can still win games. You're not going to immediately take a one and nine if he misses ten games. So, right. uh, you know, can you do that if you're in a position where the the fifth pick is is a DNP coach's decision because he hasn't developed yet? No. You, so that that's going to be the hard question, I think, for the Warriors uh, because they will have Ubre to use. They will have that. You know, maybe the fifth pick. We got to see if they even get it, and then their own pick, which it's looking you know almost like a foregone conclusion, they're going to keep. Uh, th- their own pick. Uh, so, I don't know, final final thought on that. I want to play some Steve Kerr and, and also some Stephen Curry because uh, another night where it's just a, a frustrated Steph uh, following another Warriors loss here. Yeah, and bottom line, you're right, J.D., and uh, look, that, that bench next year, everything's riding on that bench. Provided you don't make wholesale changes and move off of, you know, the projected starting five of next year, Six through nine, man. They better get that right. Otherwise, this thing's going off the rails. And if they don't, if if they're just a one and done, they, even if they make the playing tournament and they're one and done, this season becomes a a complete disaster. Let, let's hear from Steph Curry uh, following the ball game here, uh, and he was asked about the some of the younger teammates and and responding to the adversity that that this team has faced uh, all year long. It's tough. I mean. Keep, keep it real, like we all had higher expectations for where we're supposed to be this season. Um, and guys want to, you know, outperform, you know, when they go out there, they want to overexceed, you know, expectations for themselves, for, you know, coaching staff, whatever it is. And when it doesn't happen, it's frustrating. So uh, I hope it's things, I hope it isn't, you know, I hope it's uncomfortable. I hope that it motivates you to, to keep grinding, um, challenging yourself to, to get better. I hope nobody's content just being in this middle of the road situation. So um, we're going to find out, you know, how we how we respond down the stretch of the season, um, see what we're made of. Man, the tone there from Steph. And there's been a, a lot of these following some losses. I think it's it's the sound of – a player that is used to championship levels and now it's wait a minute fighting for the 10 seed like it it's it, it is a, a kind of a, a rude awakening and I think you know he, he's saying all the right things and he's trying to be as positive as, as, as he possibly can uh, but at the same time they got 22 games to go out and try and hold themselves up Hey, take it personal. Like, right? I mean, you're, you're Steph Curry, so do something about it. That's just the bottom line. I know he needs help, but that's it. Uh, the, and look, the, those days, the halcyon days of the Warriors being the favorites, we all know that's over. It's a wrap, and it's all good. That's fine. It was a, a, a terrific run, but this is a whole new reality. And fans, front office, players, they all need to understand it, embrace it, and if it doesn't sit right with you, do something about it. Uh, let's hear another one from uh, Steph here. Warriors have dropped 7 of 8. A lot of losing going on here. They've lost 12 of the last 16. Now a season low 27 and 23. Uh, I'm sorry, 23 and 27. Uh, here's Steph on, on all the L's. Uh, have five hours on the plane to think about it. We were really looking forward to bounce back tonight. Didn't happen. Um, frustrating for a lot of reasons. But, uh, you know, we got another game Tuesday against a great team. 
got to be able to show up, compete, see what happens. Um, 20 whatever games, 23, 22, whatever it is, still a good amount of time, but you cannot play the way that we've played the last, you know, significant stretch and expect things to change. So it's kind of is what it is. We got to, we got to make the necessary adjustments. It sucks right now. Losing sucks. It's a terrible feeling in the locker room. We don't really have much to smile about. And, uh, And there you go. It's a great place to end the cut. And uh, <laughs> caught me there. Yeah, I get you, caught man. I was waiting for that final thought too. It's all good, bro. <laughs> but yeah, losing losing sucks. I mean, especially when you've been used to doing a lot of winning, as he has, and as the the Warriors have over the last couple of years. And and I I really think you know we've talked about it a lot the last week and, and we're going to continue I mean they they got a tough opponent at, at Chase Center in Milwaukee on Tuesday you know the one concern for me now moving forward for the rest of this year is they do have winnable games on the schedule and and I know we keep saying that but even this trip when you look at like this trip was not as easy as you like this this trip for me was never a part of the well the schedule gets easier you know, the, to me, it was more maybe the Sacramento game where Steph didn't play. You know, maybe if Steph had played the second game in Memphis when Memphis wasn't playing well. Right. Uh, you know, to me, you know, the Toronto game if Steph played, like when when he didn't play, that game became you know I think kind of a low key. Wait a minute, the, the Raptors are really far more talented, even though they've kind of tapped out on their own season. Uh, you know, but for me, it's the it's the games coming up where. You're playing the teams you're fighting with, or you're playing the teams really at the at the bottom of the conference. You know, it's the one more against Minnesota. It's the two more against the Rockets. It's the three against the Thunder, who are pulling healthy veteran players out of their rotation intentionally because they are trying to lose. You've got three games against that team still. You've got the rubber match against the Kings. You've got three against the Pelicans, who you're fighting with. To me, it's those games more down but the the key here for me though and and the key question is are the Warriors going to get to a point here where they decide that even making the run isn't worth it I don't think we're quite there yet but I think with every loss we're getting closer to it even with that easier schedule at the very very end Uh, you know I don't know JD I I I don't think they can afford to do that I mean what does that look like like sitting like sitting Steph or you know not having to play back-to-backs because other than that uh, you know Wiggins is going to be playing uh, you know I guess it's Steph and Draymond are the two guys that that we would say potentially you know they would uh, err on the side of uh, sitting them out but I don't think they can afford to do that I think there's there's a sense of uh, uh, certainly urgency but more of alarm around this organization right now and they need to they need to get as many wins down the stretch as they can for about a million different reasons. So I don't really think they can afford to do that. If this was if they were coming off of the championship season, if this was last year and they were in this situation, okay, maybe you could say, no, you got an eye towards next year. But otherwise, you know, you're looking at two straight years of sub five hundred out of the playoffs. Like I don't really think that they can afford to do that. And the other part is too, you know, I, I agree with you. You know, you look at at Miami, at Toronto, at Atlanta. Like you know, you think, oh, maybe you could win one of the. That's the point. You, like just win one of those games. 
games. Don't don't go 0 for 3, right? Go 1 and 2. Um, you know, the, the Memphis Phillies, Sac Atlanta, you know, those four. Don't go 0 and 4. Go 1 and 3. Even just a couple of more wins for this team. And then, you know, all of a sudden you're 25 and 25. You're at 500, not four games under. So um, it's just the, just uh, the, these margins have been really fine. And, and, you know, obviously I know I've gone to this, but February, like you, you lost a couple of games or several games that you probably really should have won. And they're kind of paying the price for that. So I, but I don't really think that they can afford to do any of that stuff, you know, as far as unless it's shutting Curry down. And even then, like, how's that going to sit with Steph Curry? I, he don't want to get shut down. Yeah, he's not going to want to get shut down. I would I would agree with that. Let's get to law-abiding citizen. Law-abiding citizen, you're up next here on uh, Warriors Wrap-Up. Uh, then we'll hear from Steve Kerr. We'll call it a night. Hey, hey, law-abiding citizen. Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, just want to comment on the game. Um, it's just, it's, it's kind of alarming. Like, the turnovers each game, some of these guys also just look like, you know, I'm showing up to work, I'm clocking in doing my thing, going to clock out, not really concerned about the win, we're out of here. I, I just, I don't know, I don't like guys blowing kisses at the other team's bench when we're, like, losing. Like, that's mid. That's 500. And right now we're below 500. I just, like, it's, just, it's, it's alarming. And, like, I think there's a huge confidence issue with a lot of these guys. And, you know, people talking about sending people to the G League back and forth. This isn't baseball. You know, that's not a good look for a championship organization and you know <laughs> back to Ubre with these you know press conferences when he's talking to the media he's just like got that like get me out of here like face on you know like I'm just here so I don't get fined kind of thing and it's that's alarming for the organization but anyway thanks for taking my my call guys happy yeah appreciate it I, I think I I don't like getting too caught up in the body language and, and that kind of stuff. I know we talk about that, but but all that being said, Kelly Oubre's stock has taken a hit, man, since the trading deadline. Just it 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 really has. Whether it's the you know getting into it with Friedel or you know even tonight, there's you know he does have a little bit of a like he he's just doing it because he has to, and then he's done with it. And I don't know. I think his his the way he plays the game. I think when you're winning. You like it when you're losing. You're like, yo, dude, what are you doing? Yeah, and I actually thought Kelly Oubre, Kelly Oubre played a really nice game tonight. Kelly Oubre was yeah. probably, you know. One of his better one, ones. Lately. Yeah, exactly. Certainly, and he needed this. So for, for tonight, I'll, and I actually think Kelly Oubre, when he's at his best, he's out there blowing kisses and playing with that kind of swag. I actually, I was actually pleasantly surprised by that. It's when he does kind of have that unengaged, you know, just going out there and playing out the string. Like, that's when it's in trouble. I think this was a good step for Kelly Oubre tonight. Now he just got to go out and, and, you know, do it again against Milwaukee and hopefully it'll translate to a win because I agree with you you know it's the old adage right when when you're you know when you play you know flamboyant like that when you're winning it's it's swag when you're losing it's a distraction just like rich people are eccentric and poor people are crazy you know what I mean it's just it, it's just how you tend to look at it and really it, in professional sports it's based on wins and losses and so I I think that was a step in the right direction for Kelly Oubre and let's face it playing tournament however this these last 23 games end up whatever it is like Kelly Oubre is going to have a massive part to play in that they need this dude down the stretch all right couple of steve kirk cuts here to close out the show Let, let's also though first get to our uh, exergen who's hot and who's not for tonight uh sponsored by exergen because accuracy matters 
Uh, as far as who's not uh, tonight uh, for the Warriors, I mean, Kent Bazemore, Jordan Poole. Uh, who do you want to give the nod to as far as who's hot? I mean, Curry back 37, 12 to 23. I mean, who is it? it's got to be Steph, right? Yeah, but the eight, it, what, what do you end up with? Eight turnovers tonight? Can we give it to Kelly Oubre tonight? I mean, 9 of 16, hit a couple of threes, 11 boards, had the double-double. Uh, he also blocked three shots and had a couple yeah. of steals. I'm going Kelly Oubre tonight. That's my who's hot. Let's get let's parlay this into Millie Iwake. All right, all right. Kelly Oubre, we'll make Kelly Oubre Thanks, who's JD. hot, who's not. <laughs> You've convinced me. Appreciate uh, Kent it, Kent Bazemore, one of seven. Rough night for Bazemore. Uh, and Jordan Poole continues to struggle. Jordan Poole's kind of been a regular on who's not here over the course uh, of the last week, uh, week and a half. I, I think his ever-changing role and, and kind of showing up on the scouting report has been uh, – that that's hurt him a little bit. I think teams have really – kind of like what happened with Eric Paschal when he did well off the bench for a while. I think teams say, oh, wait, they, that, that number three – uh, Jordan Poole, they, they, try to, they try to really feature him when he's in the game and Steph isn't. And I think teams have, uh, really since the Philly game, kind of treated him uh, a, a little bit differently in how they've defended. Uh, two quick cuts from Steve Kerr. Uh, we talked a lot about the fouling, and, and we've talked about it all year, so I'm going to bypass that one. I, I want to focus on Wiseman, and I want to focus on Steph to close out the show. The first one, kind of the question of the night, really, why Wiseman didn't play more? Uh, just, uh, you know, those, those were the matchups that, um, that we liked. And, um, you know, we, I thought James played really well. I thought Loon played well. And I thought uh, Draymond also, uh, you know, at the five gave us some, uh, some open floor. And uh, so I thought, I thought all three rotations in terms of who was at center were really good. Are you buying any of my theory that that he and I know he didn't play as well in the third quarter stint as he did in the first, but but any of that? Yeah, you know what? The youngster played well. I'm just gonna let that sit for tonight and try and use it as a building block rather than run him out there for more time. I, you know, I, I can't say that I think you're a hundred percent wrong. A blasher as hell hope that's not the case because you you know you're gonna have to have highs and lows within games themselves. I mean, maybe he needed a boost of confidence, but that's the case. They they got problems with James Weissman. I I and I you know they might have been something to that JD. You could be onto something there. I hope not. Um, but the other part of it is I think he felt like you know with Draymond playing at the five. Uh, you know, because Capella was such a beast tonight. Uh, I mean, just the guy just kills it on the glass. And so you know, I think he wanted Looney and. Draymond's, you know, veteran experience out there in the fourth quarter because they were trying to go get the win. So um, I, I hope it was just that. Either way, though, I don't know. I felt like his play tonight probably merited him getting another shift in the fourth quarter. Um, I would have liked to have seen him maybe with that unit to start the fourth quarter uh, because they really couldn't get a whole hell of a lot going. So I don't know. Maybe trying to run some stuff through Wiseman or get some pick and roll going with him and Poole. I don't know. I just I, I thought maybe a second shift for, or you know, a third shift for him, as it were, was in order tonight. I guess it didn't happen. Yeah, it didn't happen, and, and it, it does leave you, you know, when you lose the game anyway, I think you look at the, the not even quite 18 minutes and you go, damn, that, that it would have been nice if he could have, you know, it, when, you, when you look back after it and you go, you lost, you think, well, damn, it, you kind of wonder if you wish you would have had maybe Wiseman at least getting those minutes if you were going to maybe lose the game anyway. Uh, yep. And the final one, uh, Stephen Curry here before we call it a night. Uh, here's what Steve Kerr had to say about uh, the injury and, and how it's impacting Steph and just kind of how Steph's doing overall. Well, he's wincing. You know, he's wincing a little bit uh, here and there, so you can see that he's in some pain. Um, you know, he, uh, he wasn't at his best tonight, and it's the sign of a – pretty amazing player when a guy has 37 points 
Um, and you say he wasn't at his best, but that's the, the bar that Steph has set for himself. Uh, his turnovers were obviously uh, an issue tonight, but uh, you know, I thought I thought Steph competed like crazy, and he's giving everything he can. And you know, he he did did everything possible for us to win. And uh, in fact, I think um, you know, as I said, I, I thought the whole group competed and everybody played hard and together. Uh, but we fouled, and that's the bottom line. We fouled too much, and that's why we lost. Yeah, and that's the story of the night. And I know Steph did tell reporters after the game that he is feeling better uh, over the last couple of days as far as the tailbone goes. And, and we mentioned just the one time he took a spill on it tonight. So I think things are trending in the right direction a little bit better than they were Thursday, Friday, where coming out of that game, it, it almost felt like, my God, one one more fall. And, you know, this might be Steph needs a couple of weeks to just make sure he gets it right. And then we're having a very uncomfortable conversation about these final 22 games at that point. So final thoughts on, on this one tonight, Covey. Yeah, you don't get, uh, you know, style points in the NBA. Um, so unfortunately, you know, this just goes down as another loss for the Golden State Warriors. And again, it'd be hard not to head in a different direction after the Toronto game. Obviously good to see Steph back out there. This team needs a win. Um, and, and look, we've seen them. They beat the Jazz at home a couple of weeks ago. Like, they, they can show up at home even against top competition. And Milwaukee's in the middle of a West Coast swing. They've been, you know, you got a lot of games coming at you. Go out there and, and beat the Bucks in a couple of nights from now and then I'll, I'll maybe start to to feel like this team can get on a roll in the second half you at least got to play them tough uh step in the right direction for some guys tonight but collectively that bench needs to be better and stop fouling everybody yeah and it only takes one to, to kind of flip the outlook for the entire remainder of the season if you can get a big win I, I think you know then everybody looks at everything a little bit uh, differently so that that'll do it for us Hawks beat the dubs 117 to 111. Good stuff as always, Covey. Uh, I'm going to be off tomorrow, but you've got the final word along with Whitey Gleason. 6 to 10 here on 95.7 The Game, and then uh, we'll reconvene on Tuesday, my man. So uh, good stuff tonight, and uh, I'll talk to you Tuesday. Have fun with uh, – with, is it Uncle Whitey or Cousin Whitey? I it's, can't remember. I, yeah, it's you or Cousin J.D. because you and I are about the same age. Whitey's a little older, so he's Uncle Whitey. So it's Cousin Nick, Cousin J.D., but it's right. Uncle Whitey. It's just, it's a sign of respect. He's a venerable man. So um, it's, it's legend, Uncle Whitey. Really. He, I mean, he really is, if we're being honest. Uh, but, no, enjoy your day off tomorrow, partner, and uh, happy Easter to you and your fam, of course, and um, we'll talk to you on Tuesday, all right? Yeah, absolutely. So for Ryan Covey, I'm John Dickinson. Thanks to Sterling. Thanks to Arden tonight. Uh, thanks to the Sams as well. Uh, Warriors fall in this one, 117 to 111. Uh, I'll talk to you on Tuesday right here, 95.7 The Game.